You listen to 247 Real Talk. This is your host, Julian Perry. It's a pleasure to be here with you. On this episode, this audio-only episode, we'll be chatting a bit about the election, the midterm elections that just finished, the aftermath, and uh, things to come. So sit back, relax, get you a cup of coffee, a soda, whatever is your pleasure, and I'll be right back with you. So, good evening. I'm going to say good evening. Uh, you guys can be listening to this episode in the morning, in the evening, in the afternoon, whatever it is. But it's evening here. It is Thursday, what are we, November 10th, 2022. It's uh, about 9.15, a quarter after the hour, 9 p.m. in the evening. And uh, I'm a bit tired today. Had an exhausting week, but... Um, and this is late to to record a podcast that's going to air at 1 a.m. tomorrow morning. But I felt it was really an episode I wanted to record real quick, not too long. But I wanted to talk about the election, the midterm elections that uh, were just decided this past Tuesday. I think we still have some races to be decided, which at this moment leaves the Senate and the House up for grabs, albeit that it looks like the Republican Party will uh, regain the House. And you know who knows what's going to happen with the Senate. But the election, as important as it was, is less important than the message. So let's let's break it down for a little bit. I have to admit that I'm one of those people that was expecting the red wave. I felt that there would be a wave of Republican victories across the country in, in a landslide way because of how weak and how 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 feeble the Democratic Party has behaved. I was wrong, and I kind of understand parts of why I was so wrong. I, I, Although I know that Roe versus Wade is a big issue, I listened to the polls, I listened to the pundits, the so-called experts who kept saying that, you know, they kept listing Roe versus Wade way down the scale, and they kept putting the economy and crime and those things at the top. And it's obvious that the decision, you know, against or taken away from women from you know, making their own choices um, had a huge impact on this race, I think. Um, that's part one. Part two, it seems that the Republican Party is about to go in a in a different direction with the governor of Florida, and therefore um, the our previous president didn't have the the the, the star power and, and and the 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 ability to sway the election like he thought he did. I'm not going to spend a lot of time on that because everybody's got their opinion and, you know, we can look at the race and see obviously what happened. I recognize that there was a bigger message here being sent to both parties. Uh, most of the 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 candidates that previous uh, President Trump backed, uh, most of them lost. So I guess, you know, it's time for a new day. And And I think that's good for the Republican Party and good for the country regardless. A different direction, and you know, we'll see what what the next candidate, whoever emerges, brings. And I think that's where it's going to go. But um, I want to say a few things directly to our Democratic leaders and to Republican leaders and to our president directly. I'm going to start with something. I, you know, as I was about to come on record this episode, 
my I have the Odyssey app on my phone. I get 1010 wins news, breaking news. And it popped up on my phone and says a judge just struck down President Biden's student loan forgiveness. Um, the article was very specific in saying that it was a President Trump appointed judge who did it. And I'm assuming since it's a district court judge that there's going to be a lot more appeals that can happen uh, beyond that court. But the interesting thing is that, you know, it sends a message to everyone out there that voted on Tuesday and before what your politicians are really doing or who they're really focusing on. Because I'm going to bet, and I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that there are a lot of Republicans too who have, you know, who are not wealthy, who have um, a lot of student loans and haven't seen the effort and in, in, st- in studying and the money spent materialize into something that would equal the effort and the money spent. And so they feel like they were gypped out in this same society, even though they're there may be people, uh, there may not be colored people, or they may be colored people and Republicans. We have those too. But we have a majority of minorities, or my, the majority, let me correct myself because my good friend will, will Timotania will tell me to correct myself. The majority of the people who own student loans are still women and still people of color. And I think the message that was sent in this election, which I said I think was galvanized by women and Roe versus Wade, is also a message to both parties that when voters get fired up, we can make a difference. When voters get fired up, we can change everything the poll says. When voters get fired up, all the predictions go down the tube. And so, you know, it's a message that I think both parties better listen to very loud, very clear. Because... If you're going to make people continue to punish, and especially in a, in, a, in a time when Generation Z is growing and growing, you will pay a price that you, don't, you can't even understand. It'll take you years after to sit down and figure out what went wrong. Voters and Generation Z that, that, that have stopped seeing color and have seen, are seeing everything else that's right with human beings, it, they, they begin to make an impact on our political landscape, and I love it. I love the fact that you know, we don't care what people say or what the pundits say. The voters are starting to make their voices heard. It took something like like the Supreme Court and Roe versus Wade and and Supreme Court and and you know, different different laws that were that were that were decisions that were made for people to really understand that 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 if we don't stand up for ourselves, we give up the right to to control the direction of the lives we live and our time on this planet. And so I'm hoping that this message doesn't get lost, and I'm going to keep preaching this message for the next two years in hopes that as you guys share my podcast, and I thank you so much. I want to stop here for a moment and say I've, I've seen my podcast shared by several people all over social media, and I appreciate that. To those of you who haven't had the time or haven't really thought about it, I'm going to ask that you do the same because the message is it needs to get out there. The conversation needs to be ha- needs to happen. It's not necessary about right or wrong. I'm not saying I'm right. I'm not saying I'm wrong. I'm saying we're involved in the conversation to to ensure and, and direct the future of our lives and the future of our children's lives and our children's children's lives, etc. And it has to be void or, or, of racism. It has to be void of people thinking that they can get into power by our votes and just do what they like and disregard the fact that we put them there. The country is very divided. 
And 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 as as I see it, and because of the closeness of the race of the the different political races, it's it's divided, but it's almost evenly divided. Now, um, that can be a bad thing in the sense that we can't make any progress unless unless we decide to to go back to the fundamentals, the basic fundamentals, and decide to listen to each other. Everyone's got a point. Everyone's got an opinion. It can be good. It can be bad. It can be indifferent. It doesn't matter. It's not about judgment. It's about us finding a way to exist in this plan to to lift up as many lives as we can and ensure that people have a certain quality of life and living in this great country of ours. It is for us to make leaders recognize that when things happen across the world, like in Ukraine, and we want to have empathy and sympathy, and we send them over a trillion dollars in help, just free money, that we are not accepting of you looking at Americans and saying, hey, we won't help you with your bills. We won't help you with your student loans. We won't help you. But we're okay to send this money abroad because it seems that political uh, power, political positioning is more important than the citizens of this country that make it so great. Now, this judge that struck down the the, the loan forgiveness uh, seemed to suggest in his, in his summation that what President Biden did usurped Congress, and Congress makes laws. What President Biden did with student loan forgiveness was not a law. It was almost like an executive order. It was something that he did to give to the people. It's not a law. And I, don't, and I, and I think that any, any judge uh, in a higher court will, will, will overturn this decision this judge made simply because, again, President Biden didn't make a law. He, it's, it's rules and regulations around student loans. A law... Is quite different from that. But we can see that the partisanship still exists. We can see that the red versus the blue still exists. We can see that there's anger at the president, both because he failed to do what we feel as 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 as, as citizens, you know, to keep his promise to make a a, a true to make loan forgiveness a, a real truth, and also for those who have felt that, you know. They hate him because he's, he's Democrat and they're Republican. And that's what I think is wrong with a, a big part of our political system because I wish we could get rid of the parties and partisanship. I wish we could, we could find a way that you don't have to align yourself with one party or the other, but you can vote according to the person's ideology, according to you know, their beliefs and their track record, and it not be tied to a party. What happens if you know, we find one day... There's a there's a someone who is let's say you know let's just use for, for for the sake of argument he is registered as a Republican and you listen to him carefully and his values are so close to what we would like as Democrats let's say he's a sort of outsider Republican who decides to run and challenge for the for nomination can you imagine that here is someone that we think that would make life great for both Republicans and Democrats and we won't the Democrats won't vote for him because he's a Republican that's the problem with our our, our political parties they are very you know, divisive they 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 make sure that that we will never find peace in our political system because they're purposely designed to create conflict between two sets of people and it is important, all of this is important when you look at the bigger picture. Today, 
the Dow rose 1,200 points, something they hasn't done, I, said, I think they said, in two and a half years. It still hasn't recovered from the losses, but people were happy because the, the, num the inflation number was slightly lower this month. But look at what we place emphasis on, the stock market, the inflation number. For you and me and everyone else going to the store every day, buying groceries, trying to buy gas, gas is going up again. It had come down. I don't understand where the president released so many more million barrels of oil, yet the gas is going up. I mean, I do understand to a certain extent that the war in Ukraine you know, has a big impact on it, but gas is going up. This is the reality. Food prices are out the roof. I don't care about any index or any inflation index. Inflation index is a number. What I pay at the cash register, what I pay at the cashier is real. Food prices are up. Gas is up. Cost of living is up. Salaries are not up. Many people haven't gotten raises in years. And now here we are faced with another looming deadline that January 2023, 20, yes, 2023, that sounds weird, 2023, wow. January 2023, people will have to start repaying student loans again. What happens if they can't pay it? You know, and I'm not saying about someone who had the money and splurged and spent and enjoyed themselves. I'm saying that we're coming out of a pandemic that we kind of, you know, arguably are still in the tail end of. I'm saying that nobody has done a study, nobody has taken in consideration how many people lost breadwinners, how many families were destroyed, how many families lost an entire generation of their family, how many families are struggling now on one income, how many, how many kids, and I say kids, you know, the eldest kids, 18, 19 year old, is now, has now quit school and is the breadwinner for the younger siblings because both parents died. Do not tell me that you can just arbitrarily make a, a decision that student loans start uh, repayment in, in this type of an atmosphere, in this type of financial condition that people are in, and it's okay. If President Biden you know, can't win the battle immediately with the courts for his, his loan forgiveness, and again, I've made it clear several times that his loan forgiveness was a, a, almost an insult while many will, will say, yes, we appreciate it because it's better than nothing, for a president to be great, we shouldn't be saying, oh, well, we appreciate it because it's better than nothing. Keep your promise. I know you'll, you do, you'll, your president probably say broadly that his promise was just student loan forgiveness. But he gave the impression when campaigning that it would be massive, something that would make a difference in people's lives. I think ultimately, if he fights the legal battle in the right way, I think he can win. Because again, I don't think it's a law. It's not a law. You know, him, him changing the conditions of how things work is, is changing uh, policy. But uh, in terms of student loans, not in terms of the nation, I think that a good lawyer can probably argue this correctly and much better than I can. But the point is, he has to stand up now and be a president who has, you know, who, who has intestinal fortitude. It's what I say all the time in lieu of saying what I really want to say. Yeah, I heard him on the TV after the, this, the results came out from the midterms saying that, you know, he's still thinking about whether he had, he'll run again. He wants to run again. He'll speak to his family. Not only will he not have the support he thinks he can get, but he, what he does now may not net him a re-election for himself, but it will go a long way for the party that he seems to stand behind and stand with. It is time for him to do something significant in his life. He's got more years behind him than ahead of him, as many of us do. It's easy to say, well, I tried my best and this and that, but, 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 or 
You can stand out and fight against the forces that come against you that are that that want to see the the, the division in, in in wealth and equity. They want to be able to see themselves at the top, pointing down at the poor people in the bottom, and they want to make sure that there are few of them at the top and the majority are bot are the bottom, so they feel elite. It's something they need to to take care of their egotistical, narcissistic personalities. But at the end of the day, we are in a period of struggle. Uh, I looked at my phone. I'm going to pull it up here for a second because there's something else that I saw today that I took note of. And that is, and I want to read the headline if I can pull it really quickly. Tech giants are laying off thousands of people. Tech giants. Now, we live in a tech world. Okay, uh, Meta, Twitter, Stripe, and Lyft announced all broad cuts from their teams this month. More than 15,000 employees have been laid off across the four companies. And that's just four companies. That doesn't, you know, as, as this inflation continues, as the gas prices continue, as the cost of living continues, you know, as, 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 as companies start to make less and less money and they need to shrink their workforces, that's what's going to happen. They're saying that um, eventually uh, Meta, uh, Mark Zuckerberg is going to lay off more than 11,000 employees. And you know what this always seems to happen? I don't know if you ever take notice, but it always seems to happen around Christmas time. A time of birth and rebirth, a time of rejoice, a time of, 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 of joy, a time of, 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 for those of us who have kids, a time of making their, their lives special in a special way, reminding them of Christmas. And instead, people are going to be running around with unemployment, trying to make ends meet, and worrying about come January, they have to pay student loans. How are they supposed to do this? Even the money they'll get from unemployment won't be enough for them to pay their rent. That's another thing. There was a statistic, not a statistic, but there was an expert. I heard uh, this on the radio this afternoon that said the, the biggest impact to the market, to the finances, to the inflation is the rise in housing. Rents, I think the average rent of an apartment now in Manhattan, New York, is $4,000 a month. I mean, wh what are we doing here? Where are we getting this money from? What are we doing with all the people who can't afford this? And there are millions. And I'm talking about a lot of people who have simply done all they can do. They've gone to school. They've gone to college. They've gotten one, two, three degrees. They've always reached for a higher height in the hopes that it will eventually net them what the promise is, the promise of them being able to get a job that equals their expertise and their academic achievements and their intellect, a job that will allow them to pay back their student loans and buy a home, buy a car, go travel, do the things of the American dream because they've earned it. They do everything right, only to run into instance after instance after instance of systemic racism. Instance after instance after instance of receiving that email or letter, thank you so much for applying. We need our government to stand up with us and for us. We need them to stop thinking when they get elected or re-elected about the next election right away and actually think about why they're there. We need them to say, I don't care if I get re-elected again. What's primary is that I do the right thing. And hopefully the right thing will result in them being re-elected. 
But if it doesn't, it will at least result in them leaving an amazing legacy in this journey we call life. There's one more thing I want to say before I end this episode. Now, like I said, I want to remind you that this is an audio-only episode. Um, it, 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 this episode is not going to appear on my on the uh, the Mogul TV Network podcast. You know, the version of this podcast because uh, I recorded some other episodes and I basically have uh, things scheduled all the way out to the beginning of December. Plus, this is a topic that would need to start a conversation now. And by the time it would air, it'll be sometime in December and I would have moved on, either either progressed in the discussion and moved on to a different discussion. So this is for the, the privilege of those who are on the audio-only podcast. I want to bring attention to one more thing before I, I wrap this up. I happened to stumble across a video today of a gentleman who got fired from uh, Twitter. And again, this is not my words. This is what I saw, and and apparently it, it seems to be true. But he's saying he worked there for almost five years, and he was fired by email. And obviously, because it's audio, I can't show you what he got. But he got a, He printed out what he got. It was an email, and on the big center of it is a picture of Elon Musk in several different poses, all laughing. And it says, time to leave the nest, you're fired. Now, if this in fact is true, that is arguably the most cruel way that you could take away someone's livelihood. Someone who spent five years as a company doing the right thing, and the way you fired them was an email that says, time to leave the nest, you're fired, with a big smile on your face. It is inhumane. We lack the ability to have compassion for each other. And I want to say one more thing. We have a lot of people in our society who are filthy rich. The Amazons, the the, the, the Teslas, the you know, Twitters and all that. Do we ever stop to think about who made them and who can break them? Who can make them change their direction? Who can humble them? We can. None of those people. No, I don't, you, you call the business. Costco, Sam Mash, BJ's, Amazon, Alibaba. Twitter, Facebook, none of these people can make and do what they do without us. See, it's a full circle. We fail to realize that we have all of the power, all of it. If we don't support a company, let's take it from a few angles here. If we don't support, say, you know, Twitter or Facebook, if we decide to boycott them because of their message, because of what they're doing to our employees, then advertisers will pull out, right? Because advertisers pay these companies a lot of money to reach us. If we become unreachable by not participating, there's no benefit in it for the advertising company or for the company seeking advertisement, so they pull out. If we look at companies that are advertising on these platforms and say, you know what, we're going to universally, that means across the United States, we're going to stop buying your products and we're going to get the message out and we're going to unite, we'll simply stop buying your products. The injury that they will inflict to the company will cause the company to immediately do what they need to do to keep our business. We fail to realize that even though these people are $150 billion rich, they made it from us. They looked at our greed, they looked at our laziness, they looked at our 
uh, everything that makes us up and they built businesses to meet the needs, to make life what we call convenient and comfortable. But sometimes life being convenient and comfortable is actually us being lazy. And I'm guilty of it too. I love Amazon. I love the fact that you know, I've even got the MyQ thing where when I'm not home, they press the button for delivery, opens my garage door. They, I've got a little basket that says Amazon. They put the deliveries in there and they press the button. My garage door closes. What lovely convenience. And I'd be honest in saying that if I had to boycott Amazon now, it would be tough because we need to find local places to provide all the things that Amazon provides. And in the timeline, I mean, Amazon's got things now. If you if you purchase and you spend over twenty five dollars, there are many 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 items. If you order in the morning, will be at your house by six p.m. that night. Convenience, but we need to start maybe getting into a place of discomfort, not so comfortable. I mean, that will allow us to look at these companies and see exactly what they're doing, and how we're 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 going along. Enjoying the, the conveniences and, and not realizing the price that we're paying. We're oblivious to what's going on right in our faces around us because we're all blinded by, again, the convenience, the ease, the things that give us more time in our lives, more time with our families. It, it, it feels great, it looks great, but there's a price to pay for it all. We, we on this last election, this past Tuesday, if you read between the lines, because of things like Roe versus Wade, et cetera, we stood up and the voices were heard because what, what voters did was smash every prediction out there that thought they knew what would happen. This is a simple example of how powerful we are as a people, as individuals. Generation Z is the greatest, I think, because they can do it without the taint of racism and, and, and prejudice of, of, of race and color and creed. It's, I keep saying that it's time for us to unite. Use this past election. Take a good look at what happened and use it as your fuel to get involved, to get energized, to pull one person on at a time, to impact people who are not there to support us as human beings in a way that it hurts their bottom line, hurts their pocket, it changes their lifestyle, and they either get on board or they get off board. We don't care. But now we're at a point where we can make a difference. And it's time to make a difference. Again, I ask all of you to, to you know share, 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 share this podcast. Bring new people into our circle of listeners. Not for my popularity but for my mission, my humanitarian mission to do as much as I can while God blesses me with life to make a difference in this world in a positive way. We also need to make more and more noise about the student loans. I don't care whether the president has to postpone the prepayment date again, but he needs to recognize what happened in covid he needs to recognize the position that people are in. He needs to recognize how much he will devastate lives because he'll make people make a choice between paying their student loans or eating, eating their, you know, feeding their kids or feeding their families because they know if they don't pay their student loans, the federal government is the most aggressive collection agency. And if their checks get garnished, they can't survive. They can't pay their mortgage. They can't pay their car note. They can't pay their bills. And their life becomes miserable 
Not because they did something wrong, but because they tried to do everything right. And the system and the people we, we trust as we put in governor have failed us. And understand something very clearly. If you read the Bible, government is part of a biblical duty. It's founded in a biblical sense to lead the people. It's time to make a change. It's time to make a difference. I keep asking, I keep pleading, and I will not stop. I need you to join me. Not just one, just not two, but all of you become part of our children's future and part of our own future so we can make a difference, we can see a difference, and our lives can be better. I'm your host, Julian Perry. This has been Real Talk. Until the next time, do take care of yourselves and each other.